Hello everyone, welcome to this week's edition of Santa Cruz County Crossroads of Cultures and Commerce. Uh, and today we're joined by a real special guest, a friend of mine, Dan, Dan Judkins, who's gonna talk today a little bit about the history of the Santa Cruz River, its significance, of course, here in Santa Cruz County, our namesake. And also, he's, as you can see in front of him here, he's also gonna segue over into talking a little bit about mining history, which has been an important part of the economy since the 1600s here in, in Southern Arizona. So I want to say welcome to Dan. Uh, and Dan, uh, to start off with, uh, what's your connection here to Santa Cruz County? Well, I came to Santa Cruz County as a first grader and attended uh, the last couple of months of first grade at Elm Street School. And man, when was that? 1956. And uh, <coughs> lived here a couple of years and we moved away for a while and came back in high school and I graduated from Gallus High School in 68. Awesome. Well, an Apache as well. That's, an Apache. Great. That's great to hear. In fact, I was the editor of the War Cry. Oh, wow. Even yeah. Later. So mm -hmm. You got some journalistic uh, history yes, here. Including working history. for Craig Pottinger. Oh, wow. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. So today, uh, another thing about you that we want to share with the folks is that you're a local historian, uh, too. Yeah. Uh, we first met at Tumacacri, where you're a volunteer. Um, and um, today, the two subjects we're going to talk about is the river and really the, the mineral and the, the mining history here okay. in Santa Cruz River. Um, you did something very special with the Santa Cruz River that many people haven't done in their lifetimes. Can you share that with Yeah, I, I think I have an obstinate streak in my personality and uh, that is once I, I decide to do something, I follow it through usually to the very end. Mm. And uh, one day I was walking between Tumacacri and Tubac along the river, you know, that really pretty stretch yeah. there. And I was thinking, wow, this is really cool, you know, and it's nice and it's so pretty. And I wonder what the rest of the Santa Cruz River really looks like if there's other places like this along it. So I decided right at that moment I was going to walk the entire length of the Santa Cruz River. If you look at it in Wikipedia, it's something like 180 or 90 miles. But uh, when you're actually walking, you know, you, you cross and go to the other side and do this and that and the other. So the, the walk that I took was about 260 miles wow. from the headwaters in the San Rafael Valley south to the border and then about 50 miles through Sonora and back in over by Keno Springs and then all the way to Phoenix where it runs into the Gila River at the west end of Phoenix South Mountain. Wow, what year did you do that? That was in 99. 99, yeah. wow. And having that experience, is there any, any um, parts of the river that really like you recall that really stand out to you? Yes, yeah. so the upper Santa Cruz River, which is fortunately the part that's in Santa Cruz County. Santa Cruz County. And so both the San Rafael Valley part uh -huh. um, and then the part through uh, Sonora by the towns of Santa Cruz and San Lazaro and uh, Santa Barbara and uh, Mascareñas. And, um, and then in this, in the segment here in, in Santa Cruz County up to Tubac area. That's the best part, you mm -hmm. know, and that's where water usually flows if it's flowing. And, uh, and, the, and the vegetation is, is uh, more lush and uh, trees are bigger and it's uh, more shade. More shade. But than, that part yeah. from Tucson to Phoenix wasn't too much fun. No, no. Pretty barren uh, compared <laughs> pretty, to... Pretty compared barren, to, yeah. yes. 
Wow. So this, this riparian area that still is conserved here in the upper Sonoran Desert is something that we can really say is such an amazing cultural resource here for Santa Cruz County, right? It's a, in so many ways. Yeah. You know, not only there's the whole natural environment piece uh, and the w water resource piece, but also, you know, if you think about it, the Santa Cruz River was the original highway hmm. for the entrance of the Spanish into what is now Arizona. So, uh, of course, the presence of man in southern Arizona goes way back further than that. Yeah. Probably to well before 12 or 14,000 years ago. Um, and there were mammoths here then, and uh, it was a Pleistocene, late Pleistocene epoch. But, uh, uh, and, and, and so the, their descendants of early man, uh, the Indians have lived here all along. But then when the Europeans came and the Spanish moved northwest through uh, what's Mexico, um, they, and they got up to here, they used the Santa Cruz River as the highway. You know, think about it. If you're traveling on a horse or a mule or on foot, uh, water is everything in the mm. desert, and, and so the only place you can go is where there's water, and the Santa Cruz River was a perfect pathway. Yeah, so we have to think of, in terms of the river, not just the environment, but also as corridors of travel, as natural corridors of travel for exactly. human history. Wow. That's yeah, and so all of the most important events in early Arizona history, that history is the part since we were started writing things down, mm. and so... Uh, the historical period. So when by the, t you know, uh, Coronado and, and the uh, people associated with him entered southern Arizona in the 1538, 1540 era, mm -hmm. uh, that's a long time ago. And but from that time forward, the Santa Cruz River was the main place where all of the historical events happened wow. up until very recent times. Right, almost like beads on a rosary, you know, the missions exactly. and the presidios are kind of connected. On, on that that link of the waterways here, Precisely. right? Um, has it always been called the Santa Cruz River? Uh, what's what's the the history behind the name? Oh well, it was originally referred to as uh, Rio de Soamca uh, or Santa Maria. Santa Maria. Santa Maria Soamca was the original uh, name for the village that's now known as Santa Cruz Sonora, mm. and and the river had its name. But, you know, how did the Santa Cruz River get the Santa Cruz name is a very interesting story. And it's fairly complicated, but I'll tell it to you really quick, okay? Sure. And that is uh, the, the original Presidio in the area, Spanish Presidio, was built in about 1740s. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, the uh, Presidio de Terranate. Um, and it's east of Santa Cruz, the downflowing Santa Cruz River, mm. uh, and east of there, very near the southern end of the Huachuca Mountains by Sierra Vista. Yes. Now, Huachuca Mountains extend just a mile or two into current-day Sonora, and that's over there is where the Terranate Presidio was. So they, they were there until about 1775, and then they decided for one reason or another to move downstream a little bit. There was a creek running there uh, to a place called Las Nutrias, straight south of the Huachucas. And then the next year, uh, further down the San Pedro River 
to near Tombstone, mm. what's now Tombstone, and built a new Presidio. There was an Indian village there that Kino had named, uh, Santa Cruz. Uh, uh, he, used the, he used Santa Cruz as part of that name. The patronage, the Holy Cross. Yes. Yeah. And so they, when they moved Terranate there, now they've got Terranate in two places, the old place and the new place. So they added Santa Cruz to the Terranate name. So it was Santa Cruz de Terranate. Then after four years, the Apaches weren't too friendly and they moved back and they took the Santa Cruz name with them. And then they went to the other side of the mountain on the Santa Cruz River to Suamca. But now they took the Santa Cruz name with them, uh, and then the town changed names, and then the river changed names. Fascinating. Yes. So basically this wandering Spanish fort that's been relocated over exactly. decades eventually ended up down established in what's now the town of Santa Cruz, Sonora, exactly. on the loop in the Mexican side, and that's what changed the name to the river to exactly. Santa Cruz. Exactly. Perfect. You got it right. Wow. How many people in Santa Cruz County know that? Not too many Not people. Not too many people. Wow. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, and, you know, you've kind of dip, dived into the, the history of the, of the river, too. Uh, what are some of the, the, the you know, the, the people that have written about the river? Uh, what are, the, what are the, some of the things that have stood out to you in your research? Well, one of the things that, that captures my imagination uh, a lot is uh, something a, a lot of people don't know either, uh, and that is that uh, in 1848, gold was discovered in Northern California. Right. And the word didn't get to the east coast of the U.S. until de December of 1848. But it got into Sonora before that. And uh, over 5,000 men from Sonora left and went to California to dig gold. Wow. wow. And then the Americans heard about it and started coming. And they went through the central route, through Colorado and Utah and over the mountains uh, to the gold fields. Uh, but some of them wanted to avoid the snow on the mountains mm -hmm. because they'd heard of the Donner Party. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so they took the southern route and they came down the Santa Cruz River. Mm -hmm. uh, and so in 1849, we had probably more than 20,000 Americans walking down the Santa Cruz River just four or five miles from where we are right this minute. Wow. And, uh, and the previous year, many, many Sonorans from this area and from further south and east of here in Sonora went through uh, this area to get to California. So uh, there's some documentation from that. Mm. There are about 60 known diaries or fragments or letters or, or pieces of diaries uh, of the American 49ers only a couple of the Sonoran 49ers that I know of, and they, um, they all have these really detailed descriptions of what it's like to, to go down the Santa Cruz River from the 1849 perspective. So that's really important to me in, in terms of understanding uh, the way it looked then, mm. and, and by the way, it seems to look pretty similar to the way it looks now. Wow, wow. And, and the history, and then and then a lot of those 49ers that passed through here with California and within a year or two, kind of like they did their thing in California and they were ready to come back. But a lot of them noticed signs of mineralization in the mountains mm. here when they went through the first time and they came back 
uh, to southern Arizona. You know, in 1853, uh, there was the Gadsden Purchase Agreement. Mm. Uh, for, first off, in 1848 was the Mexican-American War, right. the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo. And then uh, uh, that's when the U.S. acquired Mexican territory to the Gila River, so nearly Phoenix. And, and then the Gadsden Purchase uh, was uh, agreed to in 53 and signed in, into law by Congress in 54. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then the current border that we have now, right, that goes right through, you know, three blocks from where we're sitting right yeah, now, yeah. Um, that's when it was uh, defined. Right. And uh, so these returning Cali uh, 49ers from California, some of them came back to here uh, to look for minerals, and they were particularly interested in silver then because there's more silver in the mountains around here than gold. Yeah, what, what are, uh, you actually brought some quotes here. What are some of the things that, you know, what water in the desert uh, provided for that people described about the Santa Cruz River well, in, the, in the 49er journals? Well, you know, certainly the water, and a lot of them noticed little flakes of uh, sparkly flakes in the sand that they immediately thought was gold. Wow. But then the, the geologists in the group realized they were just little flakes of mica. Mm. And, but nevertheless, some of them went off uh, of the Santa Cruz up into the mountains a little ways and saw signs of mineralization like this kind of thing. Wow. Uh, this uh, chrysocolla, uh, this green uh, mineral, which is a sign of copper. And then they found some uh, silver specimens. So they came back, started exploring, the Americans did, in the mid-1850s. Mm -hmm. And from, uh, by the time 1858 got here, a couple of years later, some of them had formed some big companies, went back east, got a bunch of money mm. raised, brought equipment in, and they started American mining in about 1858 in the Santa Ritas and in the Patagonias and over towards Aravaca at Cerro Colorado. Colorado. Wow, wow. Yeah. And so when they arrived here, they must have already had kind of somewhat of a blueprint from Spanish prospecting times that they have. Well, when you start talking yeah. about the Spanish times, that really gets interesting because the biggest uh, mineral discovery ever in this area mm -hmm. um, was in around 1742. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was the discovery of the biggest silver nuggets that anybody has ever discovered on this planet. We're talking 2,500 pound silver nugget. One, that's probably my size yeah, uh, or bigger, is longer than this table. And it was in an arroyo about 10 or 12 miles southeast of downtown Nogales, Sonora. Wow. So if you go west, about eight miles on the border, and then south another about eight miles. That's where that silver was discovered. And it's another 10 miles south of there, there was a ranch at that time called Rancho Arizona. Rancho Arizona. So. Yes, which is probably a Basque name, which means um, area with oak trees. And of course, there's all oak trees in that area. Yeah. And so that uh, Planchas de Plata uh, silver discovery site, obviously, just like the gold in California, suddenly everybody was going there in Sonora yeah. to try to get a piece of the action. 
and then it became, got into a legal deal, and, and Juan Batista de Anza Sr., the father of the one that we're usually talking about, uh, was the uh, judge that uh, made some decisions about how the gold, the silver was going to be split up. And, but, but that word Arizona mm-hmm. came to symbolize that silver discovery and therefore the riches of this part of the country. And, and when the Americans came back and now a hundred years later in the 1850s, uh, this was still New Mexico after the Gadsden Purchase mm. in the mid-1850s. So this would, this would, if Nogales had have been here then, it would have been Nogales, New Mexico wow. instead of Arizona. And, but, but then as the Civil War approached, uh, there was uh, a number of historical incidents led to uh, the decision to split what's now the state of Arizona from the state of New Mexico. Hmm. And so they picked that word Arizona because it symbolized that the silver riches. Right, it's great, and, great marketing, right? And that's right? how yeah. we got the state name. Yeah, so you're telling me basically that the name of Arizona comes from a place in Mexico. Exactly. And it comes from the Basque language. Exactly. Wow. Well, we've, we've learned two we really learned, incredible things yeah, today isn't that, isn't that, that many people here probably in the county are not aware of. Yeah. And it's right here in our backyard. Yeah, it's yeah. 12 miles from where we sit right now in downtown Nogales, just that way, southwest from here. Wow. Plunge, literally. And pieces. I've been there to the site. And uh, uh, it, it, it's four or five miles from the road. So we, we rode in on horses a few years back. and. Uh, it's it, you know, but it looks like every other arroyo around Santa Cruz County, wow. you know, and the and the silver was in the sand in the bottom of the arroyo. So this this area was chiefly really um, 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 prospectors came here in the look for silver. Was there any other minerals mm-hmm. too that they, they they came for? So they found a lot of copper, copper as well, some gold, uh-huh. but silver and copper was the main thing they were after. But lead also was very common. So those common minerals there uh, were what they were after. Now, uh, that, that mining in the 1850s continued very vigorously and continued to grow up until about the 1920s. This, uh, this museum that we're sitting in right now on Morley Street is only about three or four uh, stores down from what was Titcombe's uh, mining supply store, mm. the one that just burned. Yeah. The, the tractor is digging the stuff out today as I arrived here. Um, and that was the main company that supplied the equipment and supplies for the miners up until about the 1920s, oh, wow. and then it dropped off. Now it's the 2020s, mm-hmm. and they're re-exploring the same mining districts and getting ready to start doing some more mining. And what they're interested in now is other associated uh, um, uh, metals, besides the ones we just mentioned, besides gold, silver, copper, and lead, and now they're interested in manganese and zinc and uh, molybdenum. And why are they interested in those uh, in particular? Because uh, those minerals are used in manufacturing uh, uh, a lot of the batteries that we use, and, and as we convert to electric cars there's a bigger market for it now 
Right, right. We yeah. want our own homegrown, yeah. you know, uh, source for this energy, right? And we have it here in Santa Cruz County yeah. as well. So that's probably what's spurring that interest in the mining in the Patagonia Mountains right now. And some in the Santa Rita's also is yeah. going on. Yeah. So we talked about a mine that's just a uh, stone's throw across the border here. Yes. But what about a local mine within Santa Cruz County? Okay. I think uh, one of the mines that I know you've talked about in the past is the Solero Mine, yeah. which has a long history. And that's located over kind of in the dip in between the Santa Rita Mountains and the San Cayetano Mountain, if I'm correctly. Exactly. Yeah. So the Santa Rita Mountains uh, come down to about the level of Tubac. And there is a valley there that, that if you go straight east from Tubac, you would end up in Patagonia. Patagonia. And then south of that is the Grosvenor Hills. And south of that is Patagonia Lake mm. and the Sonoida Creek and off to the side is San Cayetano. So the Solero mine is there. It, uh, it was mined in the Spanish period. Wow. That's and that's where the word Solero came from. Probably the silver from there was used to make a, uh, a tabletop salt cellar <laughs> that they put the salt in that the priests used at Tumacacari. Oh, interesting. And that's probably how that mine got that name. Interestingly, in the 1850, late 1850s, that mine was reactivated by the Americans, and they were taking more silver out. And they did put together a silver uh, salt cellar set and presented it to President Lincoln. Wow, wow, what a, what a full circle on that, yeah. too, on the name as yes. it was well. Fascinating, exactly. fascinating. I'm really interested in these quotes that you've brought here today about describing a really uh, important uh, orchard product that was once really well, common here. Well, you know, if you're, you put yourself in the, in the perspective of the American 49ers in the southern route, most of them had never been in the desert. Mm -hmm. They're coming from the east coast of the U.S. Some of them were from Texas, but most of them didn't have much desert experience. And so they're traveling from El Paso or from Santa Fe across fairly arid southern New Mexico, and then they entered Arizona right down at the, at the corner where New Mexico, where today's New Mexico and Arizona meet, and Sonora, uh, yeah. e east of Douglas. Yeah, that little about, heel of About Mexico. 30 miles, yeah. a Guadalupe Pass. And they went through that pass, and then they followed what's the current border. It wasn't the border at the time. Mm -hmm. um, uh, about the, right where the border is uh, uh, to the Santa Cruz River, followed it around and then uh, headed to Tucson. Mm. And so when they hit the Santa Cruz River, now they've got water again. Yeah. So they thought that was really fantastic. This was the most beautiful country to them. And the grass was deep, wow. and they thought, well, this would be a great place for cattle. And then the ones that explored into the mountains and saw signs of mineralization, this would be a great place to do mining. And that's what brought them eventually back to southern Arizona. But as they were going down, when they got to the town of Santa Cruz, Sonora, they were able to buy some fruits and vegetables, which was an important resupply from people that were coming from El Paso and Santa Fe by wagon. So they'd already run out of the fresh stuff. Yeah. All they had was carne seca, uh, but in, 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 that, in their case, American wasn't carne seca, it was salt pork. Mm. And, and they had wheat and sugar, and that's about it. And yeah. they were out of everything else. So they bought fresh vegetables, quince, membrillos, wow. and, uh, and peaches in, um, 
in uh, Santa Cruz, and there were peaches still growing in the abandoned orchard at San Lazaro on the southern curve of the Santa Cruz River. And then when they got here and they went up uh, and hit Tumacacari, it had just been abandoned uh, some months before mm -hmm. because of Apache problems. But most of these Americans were coming in late summer and f early fall. Oh, wow. And so they hit Tumacacari right when the orchard that was for the mission there was putting on a fresh crop of peaches. Wow. And so several of the 49ers talked about picking the peaches. And uh, one of them said, in this valley, we passed many deserted rancheros and even whole villages and towns where we found an abundance of peaches, cherries, etc." And then another 49er, uh, that was in August 16th, 1849, and another one also in August, about 50 miles from Santa Cruz, we passed an old deserted village, that would be Tumacacari, mm. with orchard hanging full of most delicious peaches and quince. We laid us in a full supply. Uh. And then uh, Lewis Birdsall Harris came through the next month in September, and he wrote, between Santa Cruz and Tucson, we were passing through deserted ranches almost every day. We found the peach orchards hanging full of ripe fruit and lived on peach cobbler for a long time. <laughs> wow, it sounds like paradise to me, especially yeah. after being in southern, yeah, southern they, New Mexico. They graduated from salt pork to peach cobbler. Wow, wow, fascinating. So that's their memory of Santa Cruz County. Yeah. On their way to California. Being basically uh, watered by the, the, the Santa Cruz River. Exactly. Uh, there. Fascinating. Uh, I love how this kind of, this, these two themes have kind of independently uh, intersected here between the, the water history and the mining history. And today you've even brought over some uh, fascinating uh, minerals that are home, some of them that are home here to yeah. Santa Cruz County. Let me tell you about some of these. These are representative of, of Santa Cruz County. I'll tell you the ones that are definitely from here. The one I like the most is this mineral here, cerusite, which is lead carbonate. And this is from the Flux Mine in Flux Canyon, just south of Patagonia, wow. in the Patagonia Mountains. And uh, it's very fragile and brittle. This form, it's called jack straw cerusite. And this is the type locality for cerusite on the whole planet. Wow. So when the mineral was first described, it was described from this mine here in Santa Cruz County. Incredible. Yes. And then uh, another mineral, this is from the Santa Rita's. This is wolfenite. It's got several different uh, um, uh, metals in it. And it is from the glove mine, which is in the canyon just south, uh, Canyon del Chino, just south of uh, Elephant Head, mm. uh, not far from Tubac. And uh, so this is a Santa Cruz County mineral. This is just a mineral that's associated with the other mine, the metal ores. Mm. And then uh, all of the mines around here have a lot of copper in them. So here, this, this specimen here, the, the, the light green part is malachite, and the dark blue part here is azurite. There are two different forms of uh, copper mineral. Mm. This specimen here is from Bisbee. Mm. So this is from Cochise County, just a little further to the east. But a lot of malachite and, and um, uh, azurite are from uh, Santa Cruz County. 
and also chrysocolla, which is a lighter colored blue, like in these specimens here. Uh, both of these are from Washington Camp uh, in the Patagonia Mountains. Wow. And so when the miners saw these colors, they knew there was copper mm. and they would go after it. Uh, uh, also associated with the copper mines a lot is these uh, is iron pyrite or fool's gold. Here's two really nice specimens. Yeah. These specimens are not from Santa Cruz County, but uh, the same type of mineral is very common in Santa Cruz County. And this one here is molybdenite. This is probably from the Green Valley area, mm -hmm. and it, it's another heavy metal. And, uh, and all of these uh, are associated with the mining that was uh, everyone was focused on in the 19th century, in the early 20th century, and now again at the beginning of the 21st century. Yeah, it's, you know, as much as we think about history as static and in the past, we're, we're, we're living it. Uh, right. Uh, and we can see that now with the plans here for the, exactly. for the new mine uh, as well. Uh, today, we're also joined by Juan Miguel, uh, who's our school coordinator here for the exhibition project. Hello, Juan Miguel. Uh, Juan Miguel, did, we, did I miss any questions that you might be curious to ask Dan in, in returns to the river or the, or the yes, mineral mining history? Yes, actually, uh, circling back to... Your experience of walking down the Santa Cruz River, uh, I'm, I'm very interested in knowing or, or listening what was going through your mind oh. while you were walking the river because as a historian you obviously know all of this historic events that happened but you know the fact that you were walking those same steps did it ever cross your mind? Oh absolutely that was really the whole focus of it for me because I had been reading all, uh, all of these historical accounts for a number of years and I wanted to go to the actual place right. where uh, these historical accounts were described, the events that occurred along the Santa Cruz River that were being described. And so all of that was in my mind as I walked along and thanks for asking that question because that was the, that was the main thing that kept me going along the Ooh. Santa Cruz River. <laughs> is thinking of the history and wanting to see the whole thing and leave nothing out. Even then though, the practicalities of walking along the river, you still miss things because you can, if you're walking down the Santa Cruz River, you can only either be in the middle or on this side or that side at any one moment. And that means you missed what was on the other side when you walked by, right? So I haven't seen it all, but uh, it was so much fun to do that. And, and then here's another thing that I, I didn't mention. The next year, uh, a group organized a cavalgata, and uh, a cavalgata. Oh, okay. so so there so there was a group of us that did from the headwaters through Sonora and to Tucson on horse, and so the next year I repeated that first hundred miles of the river from the horseback perspective. Oh wow! And that was really a lot of fun too. Yeah. And let me ask you: Was there at any point did you ever felt a certain vibe of like this is what must have felt like not just like again not just the perspective oh. but like oh yes this you is know what I remember that's an interesting question because I remember I had been reading some 49er journals that were describing in detail what it looked like along the Santa Cruz River right. and one of those descriptions I mentioned one earlier which was the sparklies in the in the sand the mica but another one was passing through really, really deep stands of sunflowers. 
And I had read that uh, this 49er had described going through sunflowers that were 10 feet high. And I thought, well, that means an exaggeration. Well, when I was down by San Lázaro on the southern curve, I walked through an area that was probably 12 or 15 feet high of sunflowers, just solid for several hundred yards. I couldn't even see anything. I almost got lost in this sunflower patch. <laughs> and another one was, you know, there, there's this, uh, some of you have probably seen this large uh, grasshopper as big as my thumb. Mm. that's black and has orange and oh, red yes. and stuff on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's called a generalissimo or something yeah, like that. Mexican generalissimo. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it looks like a gaudy, like a, a <laughs> yeah. lots of uh, gold Colors, or something. Yeah. And, and one of the 49ers described seeing that, that, that uh, grasshopper. Right. And when I was down on the southern uh, bend of the Santa Cruz River, I saw that grasshopper on the trail and stopped and immediately thought about reading about his description of that same grasshopper. Wow, wow. You know, yeah. 150 years later. Wow. Yeah. That must be a very enriching experience. As a historian, it's, it's a very different thing of reading something in a diary or, you know, in a So I got paper, to experience it and you myself. Got the actual experience. Yeah, that was really <clears throat> fun doing that. That's amazing. Yeah, and, uh, and I... And I, I I went back and forth on the river, so, so I was walking in the water, I was walking on the trail, I was walking through the trees, through the mesquite, up a little higher, you know, when you get just a little bit higher, you get out of the cottonwoods and you're into the mesquite, and all different ways to try to see the whole perspective. And so that was really a lot of fun. And crossing uh, people's land and talking to the local folks explaining what I was doing there, yeah. asking permission to cross over their property. Uh, and sometimes they would tell stories, things that mm. they had heard. And so that was all a great deal of fun. Definitely. Yeah. That's amazing. And Thanks for the question. And one of the things to kind of wrap it up here is uh, we haven't really talked, touched on like the animals or the wildlife of oh, the yes. Santa Cruz River. Um, you know, I think there's a great interpretive sign over in Tubac, and I think it's a quote from a Spaniard saying, you know, they saw grizzly bears, even black bears, wild turkeys. Mm-hmm. You know, we could imagine probably jaguar and ocelots were, were, were much more common down even in the riparian areas, not just in the Santa Rita Mountains. Right. Uh, is there anything about the, the wildlife flora and fauna that you'd like to share with the public? Well, again, the 49er journals describe almost all of that, at least the first part that you mentioned. Uh, grizzly bears, black bears, and turkeys, wow. uh, especially in the Tumacacri area, were all described uh, as being very common. And the footprints, yeah. and uh, black uh, what they refer to as black-tailed deer, which is the mule deer, mm-hmm. and then in, in, uh, up in the mountains, it's usually the white-tail or coos deer. Mm. Um, none of the 49ers mentioned jaguars, so they probably didn't get a chance to see them. Jaguars and um, ocelots were were definitely more common a hundred years ago than they are now, um, but uh, all of that, uh, the animals are uh, attracted to the Santa Cruz River for the same reason that the humans were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got to get a drink of water. Yeah. And uh, and and so that wildlife, along with all of the other rich wildlife that we didn't mention, uh, uh, badgers and raccoons and and 
uh, Havelina. Havelina maybe have moved north into this area a little more recently than mm. the 49ers. And they didn't mention any uh, Havelina. And the same with a more recent arrival is uh, opossum. Oh, yeah. Uh, the same species. It's on the east coast of the U.S., the Virginia opossum, but they're, they're uh, naturalized in Sonora. So they're moving up now, and there's some between Nogales and, and, uh, and Tumacacri. In the, in the uh, Rio Rico, Peck Canyon area, you'll sometimes see a roadkill opossum on the side yeah. of the road. Yeah. And uh, so uh, those animals are all very interesting. The, uh, the plant life is, is just incredibly vibrant. The name of no Nogales itself uh, is named after the, the tree that we, in English, call the Arizona walnut. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so there were, uh, in all of these valleys, there's a lot of water here in Nogales from the Nogales Creek and Potrero Creek, which both run in, four miles north, run into the Santa Cruz. And uh, all along these creeks, you, you've got not only the cottonwoods, but w uh, uh, willow and uh, mesquite, and, and a little further north, Palo Verde, and then uh, the walnut and uh, Elder ash. Elderberries, too. Elderberry. Yeah, yeah Mexican elderberries. Mexican elderberry, yeah. very common. And uh, ash and uh, uh, so, anyway. And all of the associated plants is just incredible. The the richness of what's growing along the Santa Cruz. Wow, I think that's a really great note to kind of end this great <laughs> conversation on. It's been such a fulfilling. Thanks for listening to me. Anybody yeah, no. that will listen to me talk about this, I love to talk well, about it. Well, most importantly, we were hoping to get this out to the public and, and to you know to people to be inspired by. Well, all of these topics that we've been talking about are going to be part of the display that you're putting together and. Uh, and so to learn more about what we've been talking about right now. The, yeah, the, thank you for transitioning to that. That's perfect. Yeah, so Dan is one of our content creators for the, uh, the Santa Cruz County uh, exhibition, Crossroads of Cultures and Commerce. Uh, his exhibits are going to focus on the two subjects that we focused today on, which is the river and also the, the mining history, too. Uh, and we're going to hope, hopefully connect him also with the youth here in yes. Santa Cruz County with Juan Miguel um, to, you know, hopefully give them the, the skills and the training and the know-how of what a historian does and the, the fascinating research that you've uh, accomplished. Yeah, maybe well. we can go with some students to some spot on the Santa Cruz River and then read the 49ers diary yeah. right there. <laughs> about what they described. I love that. The intersection that would be of, <laughs> of literature and, and, and environment and yeah, history. Just, yeah. uh, again, just coming from the point of view that, 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 that you said is like we think of history of something that, is, that happened a long time ago, but we, yeah. are, we are living it. Truly. And to, to think that, as I mentioned, during your walk uh, down the river, you were probably walking the same steps that yeah. some of those people did a long time ago. Yeah, and just to kind of end on a final, give you a little plug too, uh, Dan is also the editor of Desert Tracks, uh, which is a, a, a magazine, and he's actually brought a copy, copy he'll show uh, you here, uh, right here, so if you well, would like we to... We've got to show this copy here, because this has got uh, a picture of the Santa Cruz River. There you go, Palo Parado Crossing, Palo, Palo that many Parado of us Crossing, are familiar with. Which is yeah. a very old name, it's been uh, known by that for 
on it, probably 200 years or more. Where did the, so the name would have come from the, the missionaries or the Spanish? I don't know. You don't I know? I haven't okay. figured that out, but I would sure like to know. But anyway, Desert Tracks Magazine is a, is a small magazine that I uh, edit uh, about early roads and trails through the Southwest. Perfect. And hey, the and Santa Cruz the River. Santa Cruz River is one of those. And here on the back is a picture of the upper Santa Cruz River uh, right at the border looking south towards Santa Cruz. Wow. This drawing, this painting was made in 1851. Wow. Just after the 49ers came through. Beautiful. And this is the sketch, that was field sketch that was done. And then they made the, uh, the watercolor later uh, based on it. So, yes, Desert Tracks Magazine. Fantastic. Well, thank you all for uh, tuning in. Uh, and we look forward to joining you on the next edition of Santa Cruz County, uh, Crossroads of Cultures and Commerce. Thank you all. Thank you.